Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted a sample of the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. I'm on a journey to get better in all areas of life, from wellness and mental health to career and relationships and so much more. I know getting better isn't easy, but it's a whole lot easier when you can do it together. Welcome to Better Together with me, Maria Menunos. Coming in with a cough. Oh my God. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to Coughing Together, because when we cough together, we stay together now. Welcome to Better Together. When you know better, you get better. That's what we do here every single day. I um, don't have a cough, everyone. It's just like an asthma thing. And it's just this little thing that goes <clears throat> like every so often. If I take a certain kind of breath, something happens. Just a so little tickle. It's a little, it's not even a tickle. That's the weird thing. It's just this like <laughs> weird air. <laughs> it just needs to come out. <laughs> Uh, hopefully they'll refill my inhaler soon. Uh, our quote of the day, may you know the difference between your intuition and anxiety. Ooh. Right? I, I was like, what? I didn't know the two intersected or got confused for each other. So maybe all this anxiety that's inside of me is just intuition. That's what I thought too. I'm mm. like, great. Good to know. Is that what she's saying? I don't know. We have to ask her. All right. Well, our guest today is Jessica. How do you say her last name properly? Len... Lanyadu, 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 Jessica Lanyadu. What up, Hill Squad? Thanks for being back with us on this February 1st. Holy moly, the year's almost over. (laughs) It's almost summer. It it is almost summer. We love that. Yeah, I mean, it's true. So get your your travel plans figured out. I'm thinking everyone should do like later in the summer. Ooh. I'm kidding. Oh. That's just because I want to make sure I get away in the beginning of summer oh, and not have anything ruined. Clever. I like that. <laughs> no, no, no. I want our Hill Squad to all have our trips. Um, today, we're going to be chatting with astrologer and psychic medium, Jessica Lanyadu, and we're going to learn how to lean into our psychic abilities, refine our intuition, and we're going to be talking about what the next couple of months look like. <laughs> oh my God, this is so weird. What the next couple of Do months- you need some water in there? <laughs> No, I have it. I just um maybe you're allergic to I don't know. Us. You? Yeah. No. <laughs> um we're going to learn what these next couple of months are going to look like astrologically. I'm very excited. You know, when you get your 
astrology chart kind of done. Um, and last year I did it with Sanjeev, as you recall, and we did an episode with him and he does Ayurvedic astrology. I have actually don't think I've heard of somebody who does, who's a psychic medium and an astrologer. I haven't either. Okay. So I'm not crazy no. to think that. I was like, I don't recall, and she's but studied. I'm sure one helps the other. Right. Well, and I know like Jay Ray dabbles with astrology, but like Jessica is like a studied astrologer. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's kind of cool. Yeah. Well, <laughs> forgive me guys. Oh my God. This hasn't been a problem in my daily life. Yeah. You need your, it also, we had the ACE on in here. Maybe that's it. Yeah. So anyhow, um, I did my astrology chart and I remember I had done it before Sanjeev too. And they kept telling me that I had to wait like two and a half years for things to get good. And I'm like, oh my God, I don't think I can do that. I don't think I can wait any longer. Then Sanjeev did it last year around this time. And he was like, in April next year, everything's going to go great. Like, it was just like, that's the opening. And that's what everybody else had told me too, because astrology is very, pretty finite. There's a lot of interpretation too, but there are certain things that are pretty you know, kind of finite. Written written in the stars. Yeah. So um, when I heard that, I was like, oh my God, I can't wait till April. Oh my God, another like year and a half. There's just no way I can wait that long. Well, we have no choice, guys. (laughs) Time only ticks one second at a time. So you have to wait, but I'm really excited for April. Well, now you're like, we're almost there. I know. And I'm getting really excited. (laughs) And so... Um, you know, we'll see what she has to say. I'm, I'm curious. Um, there might be some, you know, headline moments. They always have something for me. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting to think that intuition and anxiety could have something to do with each other because I'd like to think some of my anxiety is founded. (laughs) I'd like to think it isn't all just based on fear of things that probably will never happen. I agree. I would like to think that as well. I'm like, wait, am I anxious or am I just highly intuitive? Yeah. Thank you, Jessica. It'll be interesting because I think, I don't know. I want to talk to her about, you know, the little signs that we get every day because sometimes you feel something and you maybe think it's anxiety, but maybe, maybe it's a sign. I don't know. Or maybe it's your gut. Anxiety. Oh yeah. Really? Oh yeah. I have not gotten that from oh, you yeah. at all. Thank you. I try and stifle it. I have massive. I literally got my blood work done. And she said that like my number one issue is how high my cortisol is, which is a stress hormone. Like, yeah, I have a lot of anxiety and I used to get like gnarly panic attacks. I try really hard to keep it at bay, but, or at least not outwardly seem like I'm an anxious person, but mm. yeah, I was in anxiety yeah. um, denial my whole life. Ooh, tell us more. Well, I mean... I, it took me till I was an adult to realize that both my parents had a lot of anxiety and that we all kind of had it. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. You were just like, no, I don't want it. Well, yeah. (coughs) Excuse me. Sometimes I feel like, which by the way, in some things it's good when you can declare it, then you know, all right, you have something that you are going to start to tackle or, or handle or. You know, they say like the first step is admitting it or whatever. But for me, I never wanted to admit anything. I didn't want anything holding me back in life. So I never admitted to jet lag. I was like, jet lag? What, what's jet lag? Meanwhile, I'd be like suffering. But I was like, no, jet lag doesn't exist. And guess what? Didn't exist. 
I still had some issues. I just didn't attribute them to that. I just attributed to it just is what it is. So the more we latch on to these things that are going to give us kind of that crutch, you get that crutch, but you got to know what comes with that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I've been, <laughs> I sent, I sent Maria this, um, Wayne Dyer, like little, little speech. Oh, Tell me. You're going to love it. It's, I mean, it's a lot of what he's, he talks about period, but like his whole thing was he went through, or this specific talk, he went through, it was like five to seven different things that we can do to like help ourselves manifest. And his number one thing he always talks about is what you think becomes. So if you think you can't do something, then you're bringing shame mm-hmm. and you're bringing doubt and you're bringing all this. And it's just so crazy. And so just going back to the jet lag thing, you're like, no, it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. You actually think that then, okay, it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. But if you're like, oh, it massively exists. I have this horrible anxiety. Then, okay, you do. And that was just, I just, he's, I don't know, the most special human. He like calms me down so much. I will say though, I think with like anxiety, it's like a medical thing. So I think that I did myself a disservice by being in denial. Mm. And I recently admitted it to my doctor and... And it made me feel so much better after. Oh, that's good. He was like, how are you doing? I go, I I don't know if just saying it to you made me feel better. And like I, you know, because I was white knuckling so much. But right when I said it to him, I was like, oh, I feel so much better now. Yeah. And it was because I was taking a step to say, like, I need help. Like, I I don't think I can do this on my own anymore. And so then I was like, he asked me, he's like, how are you doing? I'm like, it hasn't been bad since so sometimes admitting anything that's medical i think you know you can't deny medical Mm -hmm. uh anxiety was always one that was easier i think um and nowadays you know everybody is is vocal about their anxiety but um but yeah i do think that you what you think you become like i'll give you a stupid example i think about you every day now when i take my pills so i have a supplement program (laughs) that i'm on and I used to think I can't swallow pills. And by the way, I hate taking pills. I hate taking medicine. I don't take anything unless I absolutely have to. I hate it. I hate putting anything foreign into my body unless it's, you know, food, <laughs> which makes no sense, but whatever. These these pills always I've had an aversion to. So right now I have to do it and um, and I'm focused on it but I would have to take each pill individually because I just feel like I was going to choke and I hated the idea of swallowing pills. Queenie comes in, I watch her, and she just takes a whole wad of them, pops them in her mouth and swallows. And I said, you just took down like so many pills. How did you do that? Oh, it's easy. And I'm like, oh, okay. I had watched my mom because I had my mom on tons of supplements And my mom would do the same thing. And I was like, God, she's a beast. How brave is she? And so after you did that, I went up and did my supplements. And I said, that's it. I'm going to take multiple at a time. And I did it. And it was so easy. So proud of you. And every time I do it, I think of how many years I stuck with the, I can't, I can't, I can't. So the moral of the story, everybody, is if you make a list of the things you can't then find the people that can expose yourself to them. And then you can adopt their can and let go of your can't. 
Hey, Hill Squad and Better Together fam. It's been a tough year, but we hear from so many of you just how much our content is helping you heal and get better, and it makes us feel so good. Our team works so hard to deliver this life-changing content, and a lot of you guys ask, how can I have a bigger role in our Heal Squad community, or how can I do my part to help Better Together continue to uplift even more people? First of all, thank you for that sentiment, and we're so grateful for this community. If you could help us by giving us a five-star rating and a comment on Apple Podcasts, that's amazing. Second, you could join the Better Together with Maria Menounos Instagram page. Third, you could share the show with a friend in need. And finally, for as little as $10 a month, please join our Patreon to get monthly live heal events with world-class healers, ad-free episodes of our show, and even weekly bonus episodes exclusive to Patreon. Getting better isn't easy, but it is a whole lot better when we can do it together. We love and appreciate and are so grateful for all of you. That is the story because that's why I like having different kinds of friends and, you know, different backgrounds, like just a diverse group of friends because everyone's going to bring something different to the table. Everyone's going to bring something that's going to inspire me, that's going to show me that something new is possible. Um, and so if you think you can't find someone who can and just model their behavior, cause it's always been my thing. If someone else can do it, I can do it. I love that. I mean, you and Kev were my can, especially you watching you with your mom and your own health. Like you were my can and advocating for myself when it came to my stomach, you know? And mm-hmm. like, I was like, Oh, Maria, Maria could do this. Maria could do this times three for her mom and her dad. Like I can too, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I totally And agree. now you're serving as an inspiration for Kevin mm-hmm. to attack his health. So now I've been saying to him a lot, like, I'm so excited that you're attacking your health like Kelsey attacked hers oh. because it's so easy to disregard what your partner says. It's like the t- between the two of us, like we don't want to listen to each other. It's been 24 <laughs> years, but... Um, it's easier to take your cue from someone else. That's why when I go to Tony Robbins seminars or whatever it is, or I listen to Esther Hicks or Wayne Dyer, I'm like, oh my God, they said this. And he's like, I've been saying that for years. I'm like, different messenger. It's just different. <laughs> yeah. So um, you showing him how you were ferocious about attacking your health and you got better and it showed that, you know, when you really, really do focus on it and you give it your everything, you know, you can get to the other side. And you're not letting the little stumbles, you know, throw you off course. Now he's inspired. And so it's good. Everybody helps each other. I love it. I love it. That's what a good functioning unit does. And, you know, let me tell you, Maria, quick <coughs> tidbit on your anxiety. Mm-hmm. I have a little hack for you and I will show you and then you can try it and link it. I got in, it's like a natural little dropper from my naturopath at Spark because I used to take like pretty intense anxiety medication and then I cold turkey stopped it because I didn't want to take it, which was not the right thing to do. But point is some people's brains are just wired a little bit differently and they do need help and that's Mm -hmm. okay. And so I have these little natural um, droppers that she prescribed me and you can get them just from Whole Foods and they're herbs and they help me so much. If I, you know, when you just feel like you're like kind of shaky, mm-hmm. it takes the edge off just a little bit. I do a little couple drops on my in tongue. your mouth. Yep, that's it. And what? So subtle. What is what's in it? I'll have to look up the ingredients, but it's just it's like three herbs. And oh, that would be cool. Yeah, and I lo- I love it because I'll catch myself grinding inside. Yes. Yep, and just not being able to stop. Yeah. 
And that just, and it makes me crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, yoga Nidra really helps, but you can't yoga Nidra all the time. You can't when you're <laughs> driving. Yeah. yeah. That, that helps me. Um, but and I'll then we have Dr. This. Eamon's like rubbing your hands. But Dr. Um, Oz is holding the ice cube. I do that too. I haven't done that. Helps so much. But I'm going to do those little droppers for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, what anxiety medicine can I ask? God, I don't even remember. It wasn't Xanax because I didn't want to have, I had heard so many people get addicted that to it. That was the addictive one. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it was a really, I don't remember the name. Very did it help low you? dose. It did. It really did. It It didn't make you sleepy or anything? Mm-mm. Interesting. No, I liked it a lot because this was in my, um, oh yeah, it might've been Prozac. Pooja's writing. She's like, is it this? I don't remember, but it made or it Zoloft. so. Yeah. It might've been, oh, God, I don't remember. I really don't remember, but it yeah. made it so my anxiety attacks, like I would get probably one a day. Like it made it so I could stop myself and be like, okay, what's happening? Calm yourself down. Set a new point. Exactly. Like a new normal. Exactly. And then it kind of stuck. So now I can do that without that. And I just take the little bit of natural stuff. I like that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take the natural stuff. Love it. All right, guys, Jessica Lagnato is an internationally respected astrologer and psychic medium with fans and clients across the globe. She's been working with people, helping them help themselves since 1995 and writing her weekly horoscope since 2003. She's the host of the Astrology and Advice Show, ghost of a podcast and author of Astrology for Real Relationships, Understanding You, Me, and How We All Get Along. She's well-respected within the astrology community for her unique and pragmatic approach. Heel Squad, let's welcome Jessica Lignato. Hi, Jess. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. It's great to see you and all your beautiful colors. Oh, thank you. I love your background. I love your name up there. That's so cool. Well, thank you. I have I have a compulsion with color. I love it. So that's the excuse. Um, I love your last name. What is it? Lignato is um my father is a Baghdadi Jew. So there's not uh, in the US most people don't know about that lineage, but yeah. What is that? Um, Baghdadi Jew. He my family was in Iraq in Baghdad mm. uh for a century and when we kind of crawl back through the family tree a lot of Baghdadi Jews which is Iraqi Jews um uh, are from Spain and fled the Inquisition. So Lanyador is probably the root uh, of Lanyado. Wow. Yeah. And where were but you born? I'm from, well, I'm, I was born in the U.S., but raised in Montreal, Quebec in Canada. Uh-huh. Um, and my mother and my mother is a firstborn to Holocaust survivors from Pol- Poland. And then my father uh, left Iraq because all the Jews left uh, and ended up in Canada, which is where they met. Wow. Yeah. So and then cool. astrology brought me to the U.S. <laughs> That's so cool. How did astrology bring you to the U.S.? Well, if we go back in time to the 1990s, before the Internet was a thing, <laughs> um, I don't mean to bring us back to ye olden days when we used phones and stuff. Uh-huh. But back then, um Really, in North America, the only place you could expect to be an astrologer or meet people who were like really interested in or educated about astrology was San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And so I'm really lucky. I went to this alternative CJEP, which is a form of college we have in Quebec. Um, and there was uh, the semester I was there, there, there was a Jungian psychology teacher who taught at the regular college, but at the alternative college I went to. He taught an introduction to astrology from a Jungian perspective. Yes. Like Carl Jung? 
Yeah. He was really into astrology. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. And there's a whole uh, branch of astrology, uh, which is psychological astrology that is very Jungian. Uh, Yeah. Wow. I know. Get ready because I'm going to give you details about it. But I am not actually a Jungian uh, astrologer myself. I'm I'm a humanist astrologer, um, which is different, but kind of similar to psychological astrology. But there are so many different branches of astrology. People don't really realize that. Yeah. Um, And there are different, you know, kind of like methodologies that are behind it. Uh, But back in the 1990s, when I was studying astrology uh, from a Jungian perspective, I was like, oh, this is what I actually want to do with my life. And the second semester he taught uh, in an intermediate class. And I was like, well, that's it. That's what I'm going to do. So I packed a big, um, a big backpack and uh, full of astrology books and men's slacks. Uh, That's just, it was the nineties and I I won't apologize, but that's what I did. And I moved to San Francisco and study started studying and joining groups and meeting with clients. And uh, that was in 1994. Wow. And I've been in the Bay Area ever since practicing astrology. How were your parents with all of this? That is a very fair question. Um, <laughs> you know, they're... Bag daddy, dad, I don't know. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. You know, they were kind of of the mind when I was being raised. Uh, you should marry rich is what they would say. They would say, you should marry rich because with your personality you're not going to go into the world and, you know, make money uh, at a job. And also they were old school. So they're just like, oh, you're a girl. You should marry rich. And I know there's like a stereotype of Jewish people in the U.S. that they're very focused on education. And, and maybe that's true. But in my family, people didn't go to college, um, especially not women. There was no conversations about university. Wow. So surprisingly, when I was like, oh, and I also uh, am very gay and I came out of the closet at all the same time. So when I was like, I'm moving to San Francisco, I'm going to be a professional gay astrologer. They were like, well, you know, I mean, like, what battle do you want to fight? What hill do you want to die on That's amazing. is the question. So they, it was too much for them. And they just kind of let it go. When you're on the go 24 seven, like me guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. (laughs) And that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me from working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials. It's been my go to for so many years. And having everything in one place is such a time saver for me with being a first time mom for a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully our jobs and everything in between, but It's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're gonna love it. Oh my God. That's kind of funny, but actually I just felt so many emotions all at once. I want to cry and I'm laughing and I don't know why. Oh my God. Well, I'll take it. Thank you Ooh. very much. Thank you very much. Because <laughs> I know that you're encapsulating like a lot in one, you know, one kind of joke moment. There's no way it was that easy, but damn, yeah, I, it, I give you a lot of credit because it's, it isn't easy. Thank you. Thank you. It was, you know, it was at the time I was so young 
that I didn't realize how bold what I was doing was. I'm mm-hmm. sorry to mess up your makeup. Mm. It's beautiful, but hey, no here worries. we are. Um, but yeah, I I didn't realize how bold it was. I I wasn't motivated by money. I was only motivated by like doing, having a life that I, I liked. And so when I moved to San Francisco, I, you know, I was just here in 2022 astrology is kind of cool. Like, yeah. you know, if, if you're a millennial, you know, what your sun sign, your, your rising sign, your moon sign is, but in the 1990s, it was not the same. It was super nerdy. And the astrology groups that I was a part of, um, in Oakland and San Francisco, it was primarily people like the youngest people were thirties. Most people were in their sixties or, you know, their forties. I was 19 when I moved to San Francisco. So it was like 19 through 21. I was going to these groups and I was by far the youngest person, uh, one of the only, if not the only queer person. It was a very kind of homogenous demographic of people, but it was also so nerdy. Like, I can't tell you how nerdy astrology truly is when you get into it. Um, so if you peel back the memes and the sun sign horoscopes, you just have a lot of math and a lot of studying and a lot of nerds. Mm. So um, I was into that. Like, I was super into that. And I got very lucky that astrology got popular, you know? Yeah. Uh, like you entered I, at the right time. Seriously. Like yeah. You, I, you, I, you wrote out the beginning to appreciate where you're at now. Yes, but yes. it's funny because I know about Ayurvedic astrology mm-hmm. because my Ayurvedic healers that come on the show were like, it's the most accurate. You should try it. And I did. And I loved it, but I didn't know that there was anything other than regular astrology and Ayurvedic. I didn't know there was psych psychological Yes. Astrology. Oh yeah. So, did you study a variation of astrologies until you chose one? That's a good question. So, I I studied. So, when I was first taught astrology, I went through all of. I'm a, a tropical astrologer. I use Western astrology um, as opposed to Eastern, um, and it's just a very radically different system. We use a different ephemeris. Um, and when I first started learning, my teacher was like study all the house systems. And if you've ever seen your birth chart, it's like, it's a circle. If you're using Western astrology, um, it's a circle with a bunch of like, I always describe it as like a pizza pie with a bunch of slices, 12 specific slices. Um, so there's different house systems, different ways of determining those slices of pie essentially. And they are very important to how we use astrology. So I, kind of studied them and chose the one that I love, which is Campanus houses, which most people will be like, who cares? But for, you know, uh, that is, that is a thing. I did not study all forms of astrology because my passion is helping people. And, you know, I'm from immigrants, I, you know, born in the U S raised in Canada, back in the U S. Um, I am queer. I am, you know, multi-ethnic in all the ways I am. And I'm very interested in understanding our lineage, not just, you know, why you find people who wear Crocs annoying um, and why your ex is the way they are. I mean, that's fun and interesting, but I'm also interested in our early developmental experiences, how they are culturally motivated, um, the experience of being from a multiracial or multi-ethnic background, being from immigrants. Um, there's like so many things that you can use astrology to uh, understand. And when we uh, kind of talk about those things in an intimate, safe setting, like a one-on-one reading, which is what I've done for the bulk of my career, um, 
it's so validating to have a stranger who's not a part of your family accurately describe not just your lived experience, but give you context for your parents, your grandparents, um, and to be able to kind of give you tools around that. So that is what I've always been really passionate about, looking at early developmental experiences, inherited conditions. And that brought me to medical astrology, which is one of the things that I do. Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> There's all these crazy branches of astrology. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Medical yeah. astrology. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Medical astrology is... Uh, has always been one of my passions. And it is essentially the astrology of being able to look at at the birth chart and to determine what your physiological nature is. Um, So it's not just about disease and illness, although it can be about that. It's also about understanding like, okay, so there's like heart disease in the family on your dad's side. So that predisposes you to it. Sure. But let's also talk about the psychological, the spiritual, the emotional, the behavioral um, inherited components that come from your dad's side and how you can work with them so that we can kind of not abandon science and medicine because please see a doctor for medical issues, not an astrologer, but it's like a a companion, you know, Mm. Um, I've even had dentists and doctors contact me to be like my client or my patient told me that you told them what was wrong and you were right. How did you know that? Like people, it unnerves doctors sometimes, but it's cool. Yeah. I like that. Well, we were talking about earlier, I was like, joking that I've been in anxiety denial my whole life. And I, it took me at some point to realize, oh my God, both my parents have a lot of anxiety. And then I looked at my brother, I'm like, oh my God, he just, I mean, he takes it off the charts and then, yeah, I guess I do too. (laughs) I just have figured out a way to, you know, navigate it somehow. But I, I am very interested in that kind of lineage in terms of, you know, learning about your health and stuff. That's so fascinating. It's the most fascinating, I think, too. It's just there's there's no person who doesn't want to understand our digestion, why our hair won't grow, why we have anxiety, and not just from a perspective of like, so I can be okay in my body, but also of like, is something wrong with me? Like, or or is there something I can learn from this? Is this just like a malad just a maladapted, you know, coping mechanism? Is this something that is actually like a calling? Like I meant to embrace this part of myself because part of me, while I get deep, but I'll say what most of us do when we experience pain uh, and discomfort is we abandon ourselves. We abandon the difficult feelings and we do that as a way to cope and to keep on being like a high functioning member of society or Mm -hmm. whatever, um, just to get through your damn day. And that practice of self-abandonment is often taught. We are taught by our parents, the adults around us, sometimes other kids when we're little, what's acceptable and what's not. And then our personalities and our circumstances kind of like figure out how to work with that as adults. And what astrology can do is describe the, all of that and help you to, astrology doesn't do this, an astrologer can do this based on astrology, I should just say. Um, But what we can do is we can recognize like, okay, this is in your nature to work on. This is in your nature to do. And this is, you know, not so much in your nature. So you keep on trying to like, you know, walk through curtains and your whole chart's like, yeah, you're scared of curtains. Why would you walk through curtains? There's a door, there's a window, like there's other ways of doing it, you know? Um, And I think accepting your nature is the most effective way to change things if that's what you want to do, or that's what's called for. But we tend to try to skip over that self-acceptance piece that because it's so hard to sit with 
uncomfortable and shitty emotions. Mm, well, how do you sit in uncomfortable and shitty emotions? The million dollar question, right? Um, there's two things I'll say to that. One is there's, it's be uncomfortable. It's be unhappy and be uncomfortable. And I think that there's, you know, if you touch a hot stove and your hand hurts afterwards, that means your body is working the way it's supposed to. And so is your brain. If you touch a hot stove and you don't feel the pain, something's actually wrong. Not all pain is meant to be avoided. We are supposed to experience the pain of something not working, right? And so one part of my answer is the way you experience it is by feeling bad and feeling like you're doing it wrong and all of that kind of stuff. And then the other, maybe a little bit more conceptual answer is that this is what I've seen through my private practice is that what most of us do most of the time is we have to go through this tunnel. Can I be a little crass? Yeah. Okay. This tunnel of our own shit. Mm -hmm. It's just this long, dark, stinky tunnel of our own shit. And this can be around our, you know, intimacy issues, our fears of success, our fears of failure, whatever it is. And we are like, okay, I'm going to work on it. I'm going to work on it. You start going through your tunnel and it stinks and it's dark and it feels bad. And there's no guarantees that anything's going to be better on the other side. And then you get around halfway through and you're like, screw this. This is too hard. I don't know what's going to happen. And we go right back where we came from, even though it might be equidistant to where to the end goal, because the devil, you know, is the easier devil. Like the, the pain you're comfortable with is the easier pain. Mm -hmm. And so we, we really do ourselves dirty by not sitting just when it feels like you can't sit with your pain anymore, sitting with it. That's when we need to not abandon ourselves and not change that course. And it's very hard. And again, there's no magic bullet. It's just being uncomfortable. Yeah. All right, friends, let's talk about something we all do. Snack. Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past. But as you know, I am focused on my health these days. And I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor. And it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios. And then I got addicted. And now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, plus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of Wonderful Pistachios. You're going to love them. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's frizzy Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way. 
T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off any product. That's the way. T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com. Promo code Heel Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. Uh, I yeah. think we live in a society, right, where we're taught to console and to say, don't yeah. cry. It's okay. Everything's going to be fine. Or, or, you know, you have so much good. Like, why are you so focused on this or whatever? Like, there's just, we're taught to not let someone sit in it. And then we're also taught, you know, to shift out of it as fast as possible, whether it's through booze or vacations or running away. And so I, I like that. I think, I think I did a little bit of that this summer. I just kind of sat with my mom's loss and I was just kind of like, oh, this really sucks. This really, hmm. really sucks. And I just kind of sat with it. I didn't really have many other choices, I feel like, because I wasn't going to drink my way out of it. And Kevin wasn't here, so I couldn't just cry to him. I just kind of sat with it. But I think that's really interesting. So we have all these different astrologies. And before I forget to get the answer to this, because this was our big question going in, was how do you know the difference between your intuition and anxiety? I love that question. Thank you for asking. I actually have an answer. Your intuition has no agenda. No agenda. It is neutral. Intuition is inherently neutral. So you may have an intuitive hit that the volcano is going to erupt. And then, so that would be neutral. Now, a moment later, you may be like, oh my God, I'm standing at the base of the volcano. I'm terrified. Like you might have a feeling about that intuitive hit, but the hit itself is, it's not scared. There's no emotion. There's not excitement. There's not fear. There's no emotion associated with intuition. It's neutral. And so that's the way. And it's really that simple. The problem with simple is simple is often the most difficult things, just like sitting with grief. Like the most simple thing in the world is also the most difficult thing in the world. Um, and I think like to your point just a moment ago, we have this idea that like smart people deal with complicated problems and it's like simple to sit in your emotions um, or it's simple to just be present and listen. But that's the work. Like if you want an active relationship to your intuition and to start kind of really knowing the difference between the voice of your intuition and the voice of your anxieties, which often sound like intuition, um, then you have to sit with both of them, which means sitting with anxiety and without an agenda, without fixing it, without trying to like outsmart it. And most of us are too busy surviving for that, you know, or proving that we're fill in the blank, right? But we're doesn't anxiety ourselves. come from fear and fear is not neutral. So how, how can that be disguised as intuition? Okay. So a lot of times, so this is, so there's like an astrological answer I'll give. The planet Neptune in astrology, it governs a bunch of things. One of the things that it governs is anxiety. And the other one is intuition. It is the planet mm. that is related to our sense of there being something more. So it's like high spirituality. So it's not religion. It's connection to God or universe. Um, and when it's kind of out of balance or uh, it's not paired with appropriate grounding or centering. What happens is it's kind of like, think of it as um, our auric field, which is say our energy field that is around every human person and thing and all that. Um, 
is porous. But when we have too much Neptune, when we have too much anxiety, it's like a damn loofah sponge. It's just sucking in everything. So now you're getting in too much information on an energetic level. And when we get in too much information, our system goes into what's real. Oh my God. Am I, am I okay? I don't know why I feel this way. What's wrong instead of again, getting a little bit grounded and listening to what is this feeling? Is this feeling even mine? Cause we're all living through COVID, right? We know that there's a collective terror and a collective disassociation from that terror. And there's, and, and when I say collective, I mean, global, global, right? And I think that this is something that is, is really hard for people because you feel this sense of fear. And when we feel fear, if we don't sit with the fear and just be present without an agenda, then we cannot effectively parse out. What of this is, my intuition is saying, this is a danger because there are dangers in the world and we want to listen to our intuition around danger. And what is my projection onto my uncertainty or my fears that's making it worse? And, and, and that just is a practice. It's a practice and it requires that you know your own inner voice. Mm. And, you know, I say this and part of like the assumption in what I'm saying that I want to just kind of like point to is that Most of us are intuitive. Now, not everyone's psychic. It's just like, you know, when people, I, I personally am a psychic, but when people who can sing really well are like, everyone can sing and athletes are like, everyone can sprint. I'm like, well, is that, is that true? But we all have the capacity, right? Um, so in terms of intuition, we are all connected. We are all interconnected. And what is destabilizing about that is if you walk into a room and a bunch of people were fighting in that room. Now you might not be psychic, but you're like, something's wrong. And if you're in a state of anxiety or if you have an anxious nature, uh, you might be like, what's wrong? What did I do? Oh no, what's gonna happen next? Instead of, oh, these people were fighting about the bill at dinner the other night. You know what I mean? And, and this takes knowing our own energy so we can tell when something's not about us or not our own. And that, it takes a lot of practice um, and willingness to be uncomfortable. Honestly, <laughs> how do you gain a better understanding of your own inner voice? Hmm. I think that when people think of intuition, they think of like Morgan Freeman's <laughs> voice, you know what I mean? Like the voice of God in your head. Um, and it's actually more of, again, a neutral whisper. So there's like the voice of your intuition or your guidance, which is very neutral and very subtle and does take some stillness and quiet within you to receive. And when most of us are feeling grief or anger or um, anxiety, it's very hard to achieve that. So there is that. But the other part of what I'll say is it's simply through showing up for yourself noticing how you feel. And then like a, like a psychic trick, uh, that anyone can use is when you notice how you feel, just grab your phone, use the notes of your phone, like write on a piece of paper, stick it in your pocket, whatever works. Um, what it is that you think is happening, like what it is that your instincts are telling you put the date and the time on it and then return to it later that day, next week, whatever it is. And then you can start developing a sense of like, huh, every time I get a stomach ache, 
It's not because I ate the dairy. It's not because I'm having anxiety. It's because I'm having a relationship dynamic with my boyfriend and he's not even telling me what's wrong. And it's like, oh, my body is telling me something's wrong. Interesting. Like you can start picking up on those things, but it takes having a real like uh, willingness to investigate Mm -hmm. and having some patience, which again, I know most people don't really have time and energy for, um, but that's, that's the way we do it. Or at least it's one of the ways we do it. I like that. I I think I've done versions of that for sure. Cause you want to know, you know, our instinct as humans, was I right? (laughs) Exactly. Like if I wake up with a dream, I'll write it down because I want to remember and see if it comes true or whatever. Do you have prophetic dreams? Mm. You do. Yeah. It's a really interesting thing about dreams because they, it's like when we, we don't have boundaries, we're sleeping, we can't have boundaries. We're just wide open and our unconscious mind can kind of sort through things. It's I, I'm, I'm a professional psychic, but I don't have psychic dreams. Usually I will show up in other people's dreams apparently, but I don't have psychic dreams. Um, and I find, I find like the, for people who do, it is really wise and healthy to have a, like a dream journaling practice Mm -hmm. because it is your subconscious being like, Hey, I'm here and I want your attention and I can be more, I can be of more service to you. And that said, sometimes having prophetic dreams is a burden. Depends on what the prophecy is. Oh yeah. No, I had to shut that down a while ago. That was really too scary because I would have the dream and then the next day it would come together on the news and I would see it. It was world events. That's the worst. And it was so freaky Mm -hmm. that I could predict what was coming and it made me look like a crazy person to my bosses. I was like, hey, um, we should probably get a news crew over to Denver because there's going to be a shooting in the church parking lot somewhere in Denver. Everyone's going to be okay. But And then it literally would play out just like that. It was just bananas. It was really scary. So as a first time mom with a baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. (laughs) (laughs) Bonus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, they keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. Um, But I think, you know, and then you have these weird ones. Like I had a weird one the other night. And I was trying to figure it out. So I'll go on to Google and try to like dream analysis. But there was, I was back at my old house in Medford, Massachusetts. And behind the fence, I could see this hawk kind of bird flying up in the sky. And then I saw his eyes and I saw his intention was to get an animal. And he flew down and behind the fence, he grabbed a dog. I didn't know what he had grabbed until he got up in the sky. And it was almost like a stork or whatever had this big cage its mouth was a cage. You could see through and it was this white fluffy dog inside caged and he was flying away with it. And I was, I screamed to try to scare the bird and the dog. So it wouldn't happen because I knew what was about to happen, even though I couldn't really see. 
Um, and the neighbors came out and I'm like, I think he took your dog and, and you know, the dog, it was gone. That's terrible. Can I ask you some questions about your dream? Yeah. Okay. Was it day or night? It was day. Okay. So from my perspective, and I'm not like, I don't specifically do dream work, but mm-hmm. I do. You know, it's I'm in the so realm. excited. Yes. Um, Cause I, I was asking my husband, he's like, I have no idea. I'm like, shit, I need to know uh, what this means. I know some things. I mean, <laughs> I have theories about some things. So always pay attention to whether it's day or night in a dream, because whether it's day or night is whether it's more conscious or more submerged. That's broadly what we want to look for. Um, And generally there are three main players that show up in dreams. So in this dream, it was you, the bird and the dog, the kind of, the neighbors were kind of like, yeah, to substantiate your feelings. Right. Um, And the threes are meant to be again, like a spiritual representation of the things that we're coping with, the things that we're working through. So again, very broadly speaking, hawks are related to like big picture, right? They, they do this big, like surveying. Um, they're so majestical. I love hawks. I'm uh, sorry that they killed a cute fluffy dog in your dream, but the dog was still alive. It was in the cage in his mouth. So he was alive being taken away. And I'm like, Oh my God, this poor dog is just sitting there scared. Like what's going to happen to me. And did you believe in the dream that the hawk was going to eat the dog? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So he hunted him. It makes him. me wonder, do you mind if I say something personal? Go for like it. Interpreting your dream? Okay, yeah. cool, cool, cool. Um, if you have some big picture goals and plans that you fear will be at your own expense because the white fluffy dog is loyalty to the self. And in this dream and in this context, it was like a small vulnerable thing, which is you, you're the small vulnerable thing, but you're also the hawk. And you're also the you watching being like, wait, what am I doing here? So it makes me wonder if you've got some big picture stuff going on and you're not necessarily being loyal dogs, right? They're like related to loyalty and like lady best friend. Um, If there are some ways that you're not maybe taking proper care of yourself and protecting yourself from your own uh, ambitions, goals, plans. Uh, And with Hawks, it's usually like, this big picture stuff because of the way that they, um, I'm blanking on the word. You know what I'm talking about? The way that they fly is, uh, they don't flap their wings. They, they, fl- you know, they kind of glide, they glide, they glide, they coast. There's, there's another word that I'm blanking on now, but yeah, they, they are, um, they are related to your goals in this dream because that's what the hawk does. It's, it's a hunter. Right. And it like came in with purpose mm. and then did a damn thing, mm-hmm. um, and was on its way out. And you, so I would imagine that there's some sort of goal that you're, you're struggling with. And I think, um, the thing that's cool about dreams that is different than let's say astrology is that they can be prophetic in that it's like predicting a thing like Mm -hmm. Denver. Right. But it can also simply be a situation where your, um, your psyche is communicating something to you that you're in process with already. Mm. So you're already, we're working on this. You were already, I mean, the fact that it was daytime to me suggests this is a problem you're consciously engaging with and not just uh, unconsciously. If it was nighttime, I would be like, you need to think about this, but if it's daytime, it either is going to like make sense or not because it's daytime. So it's a goal that I'm afraid is going to hurt me. That you should be afraid is going to hurt you. Yeah. So, so then that's probably kids because <laughs> that's okay, the only that, thing that I, I can think it. of where, because uh, I, my interpretation that I could come up with was, um, 
that there's a feeling of being trapped. Mm. You identified with the dog. Yeah. I, I felt, I was like, maybe I feel trapped and, Mm -hmm. and what do I feel trapped in? And I think the fear of how life is going to change this year, should kids come into the picture and will that be a good thing or a bad thing? Because you can't take it back once you've done it. You can't and take it back. the older you get, the more scared you get about these yeah. things, right? When you're young, you're like, yeah. oh, whatever, I'll have kids. Now you're like, yeah. oh, shit. Oh, shit. Everything's going to change. Is it going to be good? Is it going to be bad? That's my number one question I ask everybody when they're like, you're going to have kids, whatever. And I'm like, is this a good thing or a bad thing? I need to know. Tell me the truth because I will... I will abort the mission. That's a bad word to use with this. I will, I will stop the pursuit. (laughs) If someone knows for sure, this is going to be a bad thing. Um, So yeah, I think that's what it is. I think that's for sure what it is. That's exactly what I would imagine. (laughs) And I would say for whatever it's worth, you are the hawk and the dog and the concerned you, you are all of it. And I do think it's wise for you to, really like if you meditate, if you do like any kind of woo, which obviously you do, Mm -hmm. um, to really like sit with all three of those parts of you, not just the dog, because of course you'll be trapped if you have kids. I mean, anyone (laughs) who tells you you won't be trapped if you have kids either doesn't have kids, uh, or is lying to protect how trapped they feel because Mm -hmm. that's part of the, it's part of the thing. Um, I mean, kids are going to be annoying and gross and all the things because they're kids. They're also the best love of of your life and all those things. But I think when we go into major commitments, especially things like kids where you cannot get out. Mm -hmm. um, Yeah. It is wise to confront the parts of you that are like, yeah, this won't work for me in these ways. And to make a choice, they won't work for me in these ways. And it's worth it because they'll work for me in those ways or actually, maybe, maybe this is not actually what I want. And Mm. your dream is, is I think very strongly articulating that you need to give yourself space to ask all of those questions because the fluffy dog wasn't eaten yet. No, it was just ensnared. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry to laugh because it isn't funny. I guess we're just making each other laugh through tragedy a little bit, but it's good. It's good. (laughs) I laugh at all the worst things. (laughs) I was almost kidnapped once. I laughed. I mean, it's crazy. Like you just, it's my nervous reaction. But yeah, that's fair. I feel like I've spent so much time questioning all these things. But yeah, it's, it's a strange, it's a strange thing because you don't know how good it will be. Will it weigh out the things that you're afraid of? Mm -hmm. Right. And the truth is, you know, because I, you know, have counseled people for a living for 20 something years, I know that people don't walk in to room saying, I am miserable. I am tired. I don't get along with my kid. I don't like this choice. And that doesn't mean it's not true mm-hmm. because people, as you were naming before, don't always talk about the hard stuff. And yeah. I'm not saying this to frighten you or anything like well, that. Well, no. But- and it's also not like appropriate in our culture to ever admit that you don't like your kid. So many people have assholes for kids. Like, yes. Oh my God, they're horrible. Yes. yes. <laughs> they can all the jerks in the world. <laughs> so many demons. <laughs> yes. So many demons. And also you can have a child that is a perfectly fine person that you just don't get along with, that mm-hmm. it's just not your kind of person. I know lots of people like that, that I'm like, yeah, there's something wrong with this person. I don't want to talk to them, hang out with them. I wouldn't want to be their roommate, but like, they're fine that can happen with a kid. There is no guarantee. And Mm -hmm. I think 
Okay, watch me, watch me go for just a moment. I think that we are not at a place as a society yet where we have really integrated that we have a choice. We never, for all of human history, had a choice about how we lived uh, as women, whether or not we had families, whatever our gender. And now we do, but we haven't really integrated that yet. And so there's all these assumptions placed on us that we will have kids, we should have kids, that kids are, you know, uh, the, the path to happiness. But studies have been done in recent years that say that people in the same age group with and without kids, the people without kids actually report more happiness. And that has to do, I know, sorry. <laughs> I mean, I think that has to do with a lot of things, including how expensive children are. And mm-hmm. we're living through a time of great destabilization. And I'm not saying that people who have kids aren't happy. That's not it. It's just, we don't talk about the difficult side. Yeah. And, and I think it's worth talking about because, because there are so many ways to have a happy life. And there's so many ways to, um, to even have children in your life. And to, to be, you know, in a maternal role, I don't think the only way is to be a parent, but I should say that I also have never wanted children. I've never had that impulse. So, uh, and I'm, you know, 47, I've never had that impulse. So I don't expect it to come anytime soon, but most people I know want kids or have them. Well, even just talking about this, and by the way, I think it's such a healthy conversation for women to hear because I know so many people struggle in these ways and then nobody talks about it. Um, but I know for me, when Kevin and I would have gotten married, we had a lot of strife in our family. So we didn't. And then we were just kind of like, we're going to curtain Goldie it. We're never going to get married. And there was a side of me that was terrified. I think I'm terrified of commitment in a weird way. I don't like anybody holding me down. I don't like anybody. I I hate contracts. I just, just let's do us until us doesn't work. Right. Because my whole theory is like, I remember with agents in the beginning, they would send you the contract to sign. I'm like, I'm not signing that. By the way, I don't know where I had the balls at 20 something to be like, yeah, no, I'm not signing that William Morris or Endeavor or whoever it was, CAA, the big bad, whatever. I'm like, no, because when you stop working for me, I'm not going to be stuck with you. I have a life to pay for. I have a family to feed. So you keep working. We're going to be great. I don't need to leave. I don't need to move. And so... I remember my lawyer laughing because he was just like, he's like, oh my God. He's like, he was kind of impressed because I was young and I had balls, even though I had no balls, but I had some balls. And so when I did the same thing with him, I'm like, as long as this is working, this works. We've been together for 24 years now, by the way. And most of my relationships have been long lasting because again, as long as it's, you know, equal give and take, then it works. So I know that about me. I know that I have a fear of being stuck. Did you get did you get married in the end? I did. Did. You know, and it's nothing changed. It actually only got better. That's so cool. Yeah. I will say I personally am forever fianced with my partner of 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just we're fianced and I have the same feeling of like, I don't want a contract. I don't yeah. want a contract. Uh-huh. Also, I just feel like being fianced is so romantic. It's like you're committed. There's gold jewelry, uh, there's <laughs> romance. And I, I really, the idea of settling down includes two things that I'm not super excited about settling and down. Like, <laughs> why would we, why are people so motivated to settle down? Like create stability, create richness and abundance. Yes. Yeah. But to me, that's more fiance. Um, but I think I just want to say, 
I don't know what's right for you. I mean, if you wanted me to look at your chart, I could, but I don't know what's right for you. But I, I will say that there's so many ways to be successful and happy and to have love and intimacy and family and commitment. And I'm just here for like questioning our assumptions and being willing to be honest about the parts that a lot of people aren't comfortable being honest about. And it's hard, it's hard work, but it's, I mean, I don't know. It's it's hard work, but it's worth it. I guess what I would say. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. I never thought getting married was going to make any difference and it did. So now I find my friends who have been happily fianced for 10 years and I'm like, Oh no, 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 you got to do it. I'm now that person where I'm like, you got to do it. A whole other love bomb is going to come your way. It's going to feel so good. I felt like I was scotch taped to Kevin in a way that I don't know. Before I was like scotch taped, now I'm masking taped. I don't know. But it was like everything went deeper, even though it doesn't make sense that it could because we were together for so long, but we did. And it, and it was great and it was better. So why would anything else be different? Um, I do feel like a weird calling to adopt. I always have, because I feel like for me, my mission is more to help people. And so if I can help, oh God, I can get so emotional. I think of these little kids who don't have homes and it kills me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But then I get scared of that too. I'm like, what if you get the one that's like horrible and it's like a nightmare because they, you can't do anything right for them, you know? Well, okay. (laughs) So here's the astrology. I think of that, the, and I'll also say, and maybe this is like a, a silly thing to say, but there are such amazing conversations happening about adoption on TikTok from adoptees that like, if you get serious about it, I just, I've learned so much from adoptees talking about adoption on that app. So I know that's a silly, weird thing to say, but it's true. No, I'm going to look at um, it. Yeah. It's definitely worth looking into. Um, but as an astrologer, I have worked with people who are adopted um, or who have parents who are adopted. And the truth is as a parent, your kid's your kid. It doesn't matter. You know, I mean, if you're adopting a child who has trauma, which most adoptees, you know, if they've been abandoned by a parent, they have trauma. It's really important to be conscientious of like, you are bringing in someone with trauma and you're going to have to conscientiously engage with that. But, um, to, to me, I can see the adoptive family as well as the birth family in the birth chart. And that is really expansive because to me, again, it suggests that you as a parent get the child that's your child, regardless of whether they come from your body, a surrogate adoption, fostering, whatever it is, you know, stepchild, whatever it is. Um, so yeah, for whatever that's worth, but I yeah. think I think it's all going to happen in the end because I know that I want, like, these poor things have been in a freezer for so long. They got to come out. My mom used to be like, Maria, the babies, they're very cold. So I got (laughs) to, I got to deal with them. But I have always, um, have always felt that there were two scenarios in my early twenties that I was confronted with where I wanted to just take these two kids home. And I just knew I couldn't, but I really wanted to. One had... Um, like a life-threatening illness. And the other one I met when I was in Africa and I was like, oh, I need to, I need to take them and help them. But yeah, so I think it's all probably going to happen. I mean, I've never heard anybody say it in my chart though. So maybe, maybe it won't happen because it's never been in my chart that anyone's mentioned. Can I look at your chart right now? Go for it. 
Okay, that sounds fun. Hold, please. (laughs) All right. Ladies, I am blown away. I had no idea that there was medical astrology, psychological astrology. Now I feel like I want to deep dive on psychological astrology. I want to deep dive on everything. I had no idea. And I've I've had astrologers and even like when she and I were talking before, before a little bit, she was talking, we were talking about my stomach, but I didn't really realize that that was an actual thing. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand that it was like specific. I thought that it was just part of the whole, but sh- the fact that she's like, no, I mean, there's different elements. That's just crazy. I'm yeah. into it. That's so cool. Yeah. And I will say, so there's a part two to this guys that we're airing tomorrow and it went really, really long because all of a sudden my mom came in and we, you know, went into all these directions for me that are going to bore you probably to pieces, although Kelsey says they won't. So we're going to try to keep some of it in. <laughs> but um, but I will just say I am blown away by Jessica Lanyato. I think she is exactly what she, sa- she says. She's really good with the in-betweens. And it's so cool. I feel like I know myself again, yet even better right now at a really pivotal moment. I'll share that um, uh, with you guys in the next, you know, bit tomorrow, but it's pretty cool. So in the meantime, if you haven't hit subscribe on YouTube, please join us every day. You'll get notifications so you don't miss a great show. Um, Thank you guys for the beautiful reviews on Apple Podcasts. They really keep us going. And um, I'm just so grateful. I've read a bunch more last night that just blew my mind, made me feel so happy. Um, So if you haven't yet left a review, I saw some that were like, oh my God, long overdue. I've been listening to the show forever. So thank you uh, because it helps us and helps us get more people um, interested in the show. And uh, obviously, you can go deeper with your experience with the Heel Squad on Patreon at the $10 a month level. You get ad-free shows, an extra show, and on top of that, the Heel events, which uh, hopefully we can convince Jessica to do a Heel event with our squad. Yes. Uh, I think that would be incredible. And I think just quick shout out, Maria. Um, tomorrow's show, you guys, because there was such um interference with um Lisa (laughs) didn't she didn't want our camera to be on so it is going to be audio only so if you are not listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, make sure to jump over there you're not missing anything if you don't see it on YouTube it is going to be on podcast only for part two yeah just camera just just kept going out but this happened once before yep and I'm pretty sure it was with a psychic I think you're right because it was just super powerful energy in the room and it's it just shuts off the camera. It's crazy. So, um, yeah, good, good mention, Kelsey. If you want tomorrow, you can only listen on audio. So subscribe there too, if you haven't already and you're just a YouTuber. Okay. Thanks everybody. In the meantime, be nice people, make good choices and be present. Part two. Ready? Perfect. Okay. Let me do music. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to Better Together. When you know better, you get better. That's what we do here every single day. Boy, do I know myself a lot better today in this part two with astrologer and psychic medium, Jessica Lanyato. Man, what an incredible episode yesterday, getting to learn about astrology in an even deeper way. 
And then at some point, my mom popped in and the cameras kept fritzing. So now we don't have video on this because we literally couldn't keep the camera on. A very strange thing happens sometimes with psychics. There's a lot of power and energy in the room. But I will say... We edited it down because there's just so much and it was so personal. And at some point I'm like, this might just get so boring for people. And when you're going down that path, you just kind of can't stop. So um, I'm trusting uh, the squad here to edit this perfectly for you to the best of their ability. Um, But I will say, this is what I love about astrology is it really helps you kind of not get to know yourself because you know yourself, but you don't trust what you know. I think astrology helps cement what you felt and knew about yourself and kind of like, it's like that science in a sense that makes you believe. And I've always known I'm not somebody you can kind of hold down and, but I'm really realizing like the key word today is freedom. I need my freedom. I cannot be held down. I cannot be owned. I cannot be stifled. Like I have to be free, which is by the way, why I've been telling Kevin since I had surgery, I want to sell everything. I just want to live a minimalist life. And he just came across a podcast called something. I think it's just called the minimalist. And And there are people that we've been listening to or he's been listening to that have been like selling everything off and living a minimalist life. And I'm like, oh my God, that's my dream. Um, And so, but I'm not married to a minimalist. (laughs) So, um, but it's interesting that my inner desires to be free, all these things bog me down and hold me down and and stifle me and upset me. So I, I need to be able to just fly in every way. So it just reminded me of that. And if you want to give yourself a gift, I really think a great gift for self-care is an astrology reading with someone great like Jessica or Sanjeev, who we've had on the show as well. Um, Do your research, know who you're getting it from. Yeah. Um, Rose Theodora was great, who Mm. we've had on the show. So we've had some incredible ones and I feel like it's such a great gift for you, especially as you're starting this year. Um, And we're still starting the year. Don't worry. Um, I think uh, to really get to know yourself and, and I, and that's what I really appreciated about Jessica's is those little in-betweens, those little things that just click where you're like, Oh my God. Yes. No wonder. Um, I had those moments with Rose too and Sanjeev where you're like, Oh my God. But, um, I think, uh, I think it's a very, very, it's a good gift to give yourself basically. I agree. It's so cool. She had mentioned, and I had told you and Kevin this Maria, but she had mentioned something to me when we were doing our, um, little pre about, cause I'm, you're good at boundaries. I'm terrible at them. Mm -hmm. And she kept telling me, (laughs) and we were talking about this in another, you know, in regards to my, like my living situation and, all Jessica said to me was just, you can do all the healing you want, kiddo, but I'm, if you don't create boundaries in your life, you won't heal. And I was like, 
Marie and Kevin are telling me the same thing. The same thing. The same thing. But like you said, you hear it in certain ways or from different messengers. Yeah. Like you're like, oh my God. And then it just, all, it just all clicks. And then you guys say it. And I'm like, yes. Oh yeah. my God. Anyway, so it, it, it is. Well, you have to always be around people. If you're growing, you got to stay with people who are growing. Right. Because then water rises to its level. So it's like you're just, you can't really, you're just stuck. Like they are stuck. You're just in that muck. Mm. So you got to be with people who are growing. And, you know, with Kevin, I know he's really, really focused and tried so hard to continue growing because he sees me growing. That's why he was joking the other day. He's like, I'm grabbing on her ankle. She's rising. I'm grabbing on her ankle. I'm like, don't hold me down. He goes, no, I'm trying to float with you. And I go, oh, but you're still kind of pulling me down. He's like, well... (laughs) So, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's important. Well, it's that's really, probably, really again, why you're here with me yep. is to learn certain things from me. I'm here to learn certain things from you. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, an authority thing or yeah. I'm an older thing. You can no, only no. learn from me. I'm yeah. learning from you too. Yeah. <clears throat> I think that God brings you with people to, to learn things. And I think if you're open enough, you know, I think no matter I'm in a place now where I look back at some of my experiences and I'm like, Oh my God, they were maybe horrible at the time, but I'm so grateful. I learned so much when I was in them. I wasn't thinking that, but like, thank, like thankfully to you and to Kevin, the show, I'm aware enough of that now. So I think, you know, to those of you who are like, Oh, you know, Kelsey's lucky to be with Maria. And I'm like, hell yeah, I am. Hmm. But think that you might not be in a similar situation. I guarantee you're probably learning something in the situation you're in too, you know? So I'm grateful like beyond for you now, but I also like the crap I went through and I'm sure Maria would say the same thing about the crap she went through. You know, you learned, you learned That's a lot. That's the point of the crap. Ugh, it's hard. Right. You look at your crap. You're like, Oh, I ate a lot of bad stuff yesterday. But then the good stuff shines even brighter. When you have a good crap, you're like, I ate really, I'm kidding guys. That's so disgusting. And I just went down a really gross path. No, but, but you know what I mean? Now, Cause now, it's, now I'm like, when I'm with you, I'm like, Oh my God. I like, I can see it from a whole different point of view anyways, mm-hmm. but yeah. All right. Well, without further ado, let's jump into, <laughs> excuse me, what Maria's we can expect, here. <laughs> what we can expect out of February and so much more. You can tease, of course, my mom popping in here. <laughs> Perfect. And then you did the outro. We'll keep this a little generic. All right, guys. That was a lot. You're good. Yeah, she, can you, I go? You rounded, um, you and Jessica ended. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, we ended did. It. Yeah. So you're good. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, because <laughs> you read her whole. Yeah. Perfect. <coughs> Damn. My dad making fun of Demi is fucking hilarious to me. My dad making fun of Demi. Oh my god, that was amazing. They have
Hey, Hill Squad, we have been on quite the journey together, and we're hearing from so many of you just how much this show is helping you heal and get better, and it makes us feel so good. We love, love, love it, and we just ask that you don't keep it to yourself. Spread the message and share the show or your favorite episode with your friends. And if you want to help us even more, you can leave us a five-star rating and a comment on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and follow us on Instagram at Heal Squad. You can also DM us anytime because we love connecting with you. And finally, you can also join us on Patreon for our monthly live heal events with world-class healers and ad-free episodes exclusive only to Patreon and our Super Heal Squad for as little as $10 a month. So go to patreon.com backslash heel squad to join. Getting better isn't easy, friends, but as I say all the time, it's a whole lot easier if we can do it together. We love you all so much, and we love doing this thing called life with you.